Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk. Um, All new intros. Wowzers. It's been a long time, so we've been using that crappy intro for so long. Um, Welcome to the show. It's Monday morning. Thank you for listening. It's Craig here from Chop Knives, joined as usual with uh, Mareko Momasi of Momasi Fire Arts and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. And we bring you a podcast every week all about knives, making knives, using knives, and just general sort of knife chat amongst other things. So how has the week been, guys? Anybody, anybody in, there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? I yes, mean, yes, yes. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so I, whoa, let's see. We just got into phase two here in my town, and so that means I can go back to my shop. And so I have been moving stuff again. Oh, jeez. I'm, I'm so over this shit. I, I can't <laughs> wait until my shop is at my home. You want to get like a mobile van, you know, like a farrier. They work out of their van. Right. Get one of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or get a chair. I have actually thought about... <laughs> A mobile trailer. I had this crazy dream of driving across the country and working with different knife makers. Um, But that's way off in the future. Anyways, uh, yeah, other than that, oh, geez, I just finished. All right, so last week I was finishing out uh, and putting the finish on this giant, uh, I've been calling it the meat saber, but it's a a butcher Mm. scimitar, which is a long kind of sweeping tip curved blade that butchers use. And uh, this particular butcher... um, He's down in Eugene, Oregon. Super talented guy. Very nice guy. Uh, but it's it was forged out of W-2. It's got a hamon, uh, an integral guard. And, um, man, just trying to get the finish and everything right on it has been... It's been a good learning <laughs> curve mm-hmm. or a hard learning curve. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not necessarily nightmarish because obviously life could be way worse, but it is just a lot of stuff to try to learn and figure out all at the same time. Cause I also was trying to say again, 
Sorry, I was just going to say, like, a lot of sort of risk for the reward there as well then, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Lots oh. of risk for the reward. Yeah, so, and I was trying to figure out a new way to finish out the blade. I did fi find a good way to finish it out that's different than how I used to. Um, but, man, it took a lot of trial and error. And um, so, but I got that finished up, and it looks beautiful. I'm going to get some posts. Actually, I should have some videos posted up today, pictures and videos posted up today. Uh, I'll be kind of slowly dulling those out. It's been a while since I actually posted some knives and stuff. Um, so I'm, I look forward to get back into it and posting more regularly. But other than that, it's just kind of regular, same old, same old. But man, I'm tired of moving. I'm ready to be in one place <laughs> for a while. I think if everything gets shut down again because um, of the pandemic, I, I might, I'm pretty sure I'm just not going to move anything at all mm. <laughs> just be like all right i guess i'm not going into the shop for however long so yeah i'm just i'm fucking over it so, but anyways <laughs> yeah how you been craig how's this like? um, oh i saw some pictures you uh you guys posted up of the girls in the woods that was so cute ah yes so we i talked last week about um buying a woodland um everything's been done all the paperwork is done they accepted our offer and it's it's basically ours so so that's been exciting awesome. um so I've been down there quite a few evenings this week, just sort of scoping out boundaries and all that kind of stuff and, and seeing what's there. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited for that. The The wood that's there is, there's some standard oaks there that have been there, you know, hundreds of years, massive, big old oaks. Um, but the the other wood there is is called hornbeam, which I'd never heard of before. Um, and apparently it's an ancient type of um, white beech and it's super, super hard. So... Um, you know, back in the olden days, they, they 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 said there's no real value to hornbeam because it was too hard and they couldn't cut it. They didn't have mm. the machines to cut it. But obviously things have moved on and we, you know, we now have, sure. you know, good blades and so on. So with regards to, you know, having a hardwood both to burn in the house here as, you know, as a fuel and as, and as a scale material, I, it couldn't be better. You know, it's super, nice. super, super hard stuff. So I brought home a few bits, which I'm sort of drying out and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, I'm just really pumped. It's 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 a lovely place, and um, the girls enjoy being in there as well. So it, it's sure. all good. But yeah, aside from the from the woods, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week. So um, he treated a bunch of knives and ground them down, and um, I've taken them off to I've posted them off rather to be uh, lasered because I, I I sort of get get the lasers of the uh, the maker's mark. Um, put on um, so when they come back they'll be ready to be handled and ready to go out which is really nice um, it feels like I haven't done much knife work in a long long time sure. um, so there's that um, but also um, what we're going to talk about in the news um, the the Makery Network which is launching today today which is Monday um, that has just been a massive sort of um, I wouldn't say a time suck because it's what I want to be doing but um, it's, it's taken lots and lots of time setting everything up so we've got a system going forward um, for a bunch of new podcasts that'll be out um, every day of the week basically there's a new podcast coming out so yeah, it's it's taken a lot a long time setting all that up. It's been super exciting, lots of late nights, um, and I haven't really spent that much time with my with my family this week, really, because uh, because of that. So all my spare time, I've I've been doing that. Um, we've 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 had a builder in this week as well now, um, so you know working on the house again. And so today was the first day we've I've sort of stopped everything. And this morning, uh, we went out to there's like a big zoo, like animal park around here. Um, so we went there as a family for the first time we've been out as a family properly for a long, long time. So that was lovely, um, you know, getting out in the sun because it's 
blistering hot here. Um, it's been just, yeah, a really, really busy, um, but, you know, nice week. It's been, yeah, really enjoyable. Awesome. Mm. Mm. What about you, Jeff? It's been a way, a bit a week. Been a week. <laughs> Another it's been week. A fucking week. And, uh, you know, look, what can you say? I uh, got some work, work done. I got some, uh, Ben Snur sent me some really, really nice uh, mesquite burl. I had never even knew that you could oh, yeah. make, uh, you know, use mesquite as a uh, handle material. And it's, I stabilized it and it turned out great on these four knives. And then, uh, what else? I got a few more things done working on some new knives. And then uh, I had my first ever. Somebody stole a knife off out of the delivery area of uh, a delivered knife of a delivered home. Wow. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So I got a call. This is a knife that I was really excited about. Probably top 10 knife. Really happy oh, about sure. it. And to a guy in California. To, and uh, I got the, you know, sent it out priority like I always do. And then I got the message that uh, it had been delivered. I sent him a message. It's in your, you know, whatever, the common area where they deliver your mail. Yeah. And it was gone. It was super oh. gone. So uh, it was the first time I've ever had that happen. And uh, he was, he's an important guy, good guy. But it, it didn't really matter how important he is. And uh, yeah. I said, I'm going to make him another one. And, I, and I'll take it, you know, it wasn't my fault. I mean, the, you, know, you can't really go back to the post office because, mm. it, you know, they'd been marked as delivered and some. No. scum took it so oh, you know geez. so i just made the decision like i want you to have he was super pumped and super bummed and he paid good money and i decided I, i'm making that night i'm gonna I'm a remake it on me you know capture so, that magic all over again no problem you know what, what are you gonna do you know it's, it sucks and you know it was yeah. a lot of time and energy and and uh, i had all enough material to do the exact same thing again and and uh you know it reminded me of the kid who uh you know gets the ice cream cone and licks the ice cream too hard the ice cream falls on the ground and then you look at the ice cream guy and he says hey i'll get you another one here's another <laughs> give me another three bucks so i'm not doing that so yeah. i'm taking care of this dude and i want him to have a good experience and i'm just gonna you know try to make things you know listen we're living in desperate times right now not oh yes not that you don't know it so yeah so i'm gonna try to i'm trying to uh rush rush that pete thing and uh you know look try to fucking make do yeah, I've got. I've got to say, those bull elk knives that you did with uh, the with the mesquite handles, they're beautiful. They're really, really nice I'm things. Stunned. I'm stunned at how good the wood turned out. And uh, you know, I dried it out. It was already dry, but as you know, you know, a lot of a lot of people think that you can just, you know, wood is dry by looking at it and you're feeling at it, and that's not the case. <laughs> so that's true. People just think, oh, I get I get customers all the time. He's just like, I got this really nice wood and. I want you to use it. And I was like, how dry is it? And he goes, oh, it's dry. I'm like, well, how dry is it? And he's like, well, I'm looking at it. It's very dry. I'm like, yeah, it's not really the same. If you thing. squeeze it, no water comes out. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like these people, it's like everything, you know, this is life. This is, you know, people know what they, they think they know what they think they know. Mm. But uh, yeah, the burl turned out great. And Ben's going to send me some more, which I'm super pumped about because I just didn't expect it to have as much character as it did. And I yeah. got real lucky, so. Look, and then uh, you know, I'm trying to be as I'm trying to be as supportive of my community as possible. So that's I'm back to I'm back to being hard and paint for my community, doing some I, doing some things, and I'm working with uh, my so my buddy Pat Conlin uh, is selling some uh, some of the knives that I made a long time ago that I, that uh, he uh, stippled he stippled his little tattoo stuff on it. It looks great. And I, I donated it all to him. So, you know, he can keep the, keep the lights on in his shop and probably, and pay some of his employees. And, 
you know, it was a good little windfall. I got three done, two sold, and then I got two more coming his way. So. Nice. nice. And I see you've got your kid mowing the lawn now, too. Cracking the whip. Well, look, like I said, these desperate times. These are these are desperate times, and she needed something. She wanted it. She wanted we were we were we wanted it. She wanted to learn how to do something. I'm like, well, let's do it. And it was a very very uh, positive experience. It, she was nervous in the beginning, and she's a smart kid. And you know, she just found out that you know she's, her summer's ruined, and her her uh, and her, her the plans have been go- done, and you know fine no you know that's just the way it is and she wanted a new experience I'm like here's a new experience i'll show you how to mow the lawn so in the beginning she was nervous and she didn't think she could do it and i just said to her i'm like listen there are a lot of dumber people than you who can mow a lawn so we let's do it. and I, I guess that that was enough that, that's perfect fatherly jeff fader fatherly advice is like listen there are way dumber people than you who could do this so uh, you'll be okay she's like ah oh, that's just the support i needed so yeah. well, what about symptoms? Either of you? Um... No, we're fine. It's over, man. It's oh, over with us. Good I mean, we're stuff. not. We're not. Uh, we're not. We're not. Uh, we're pat. Everyone seems to ask me. It's like you know. I don't think we're lepers. You know, and, and yeah. I think that uh, you know. I, I'm also trying to downplay it all because I just don't want it to be like you know. I'm not gonna. I know. I actually know some people who have started uh, organizations based on you know their may or may not being a COVID-19 patient. Uh-huh. It's just a little bit like, all right, man, come on, let's just fucking, let's go move forward. I don't, I don't need my, this to be my, this isn't the flag into who I am. So yeah. What, what's the, the sort of feeling on the ground? Like obviously your wife is, you know, works on the front line. Are, are things calming uh, or are they, are they, well, are they stable? Are they getting worse? What, what's the, in New York in the past few weeks, there have been, they have flattened the curve in terms of, there are less and less people who are needing to go into the hospital. Mm. They're discharging more people. They're starting to let you. It's not as insane as it used to be. And, you know, it, it's in regards to getting better, it's getting a lot better. In regards to how much better, I don't know. Now we're not dealing with, you know, apparently coronavirus is not the top story anymore. Now the top story is you know police violence and yes, and, yeah. and and protesting and rioting and 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 uh it's hard it's hard i mean it's like the fucking circle of hell here it's like fucking uh, terrible what a shit year it's been Jeremy. oh my god since, i'll tell you since what. new year jesus christ i tell you what and and you know this is knife talk we're not gonna we know there's no reason for us to like espouse any kind of political political points and i don't particularly think that i'm smart enough or uh you know i'm not arrogant enough to tell you how you should feel but i i'm constantly trying to say you know it's how important it is to be part of your community and what you can do in your community and i uh we went to uh we went and i like i said i won't get into it guys i mean but at the same time it's just like what are we what are we fucking you know where our eyes are we don't have blinders on for god's sakes i mean we know what's going on and, and we went to a rally yesterday and it was there were police there and but like police that i knew and they were talking to protesters and it really wasn't a protest it was like people feeling it's explaining how they feel and then the i mm-hmm. the police here in peekskill are very diverse and they're great and our captain the captain the chief here is an awesome dude and, and and it was just like you know it was a in peekskill it was a very positive situation where people got off their chest what they wanted to do and the police were available to talk and they were it wasn't mm. it wasn't like what you see on tv and 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 sure. uh, i just kind of wish there was more about you know more of that yeah. than what more i'm seeing in new stuff, york city yeah. and in atlanta and you know 
it's just like you know but at the same time it's like you're gonna put your you're gonna you know i don't know i don't know i'm trying to be as comfortable i'm not trying to be as i'm trying to listen i'm trying to behave myself in a way that's like positive towards my community Mm. and you know cops are my community too so you're still trying to get out that ticket then eh that's yeah, fucking hey, right. I'm, it's, you kidding me? You kidding me? Every day I wake up in the morning and I see fire, and all I can think of is, I wonder if I'm gonna have to go see this, this de- gonna have to pay this fucking ticket, or I'm gonna have to see the fucking judge. You know, it's, I, yeah, it, all my everything I do, you know this by now. Everything I do is for my own benefit, and, and, and I have no, and, and I don't, you know, all political issues, anything that I do, it's I don't want to be bothered, or it's for my own personal gain. So. Not at all. You're a good man, Jeffrey. Ah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Let's have some news. This is Marco Malmasi reporting from Icebox Studios. Uh, so there's still very little news right now. I will say uh, on the artist... coming out of the ocean. Godzilla's <laughs> exactly. coming out of the ocean now. This is the best bit of the show each oh, week. It's Morocco trying to come up with some news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got murder hornets and Godzilla's murder, coming yeah, out exactly. and like, what's next? Uh, I I will give a shout out to Henning Wilkinson, who is the pinup for this month's uh, for June on the Artisans of Steel calendar. Yeah, uh, it's this beautiful uh, kind of Bowie style knife with a, an integral finger ring and blah 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 anyways uh henning i hope you're listening i like how Shout you blah you. blah blah is shit i like how <laughs> yeah, you, you talk you about just gotta blah, see. blah 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 it. i this love is, blah, blah, just too much there's ah, too much to describe blah blah <laughs> things is the best hey you know he had made this beautiful knife and then blah 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 it's fine blah. i'm free yada yada of course um if anybody thinks they're going to blade show this weekend do not go. <laughs> it is not happening. So they rescheduled to August 7th uh, through 9th. Go to bladeshow.com and get more info on how to get things organized and set up. If anybody knows anybody who thinks they're going to Blade Show, ah, fucking let them go. Sure let them go. Let them go. What, what, look, get a trip to Atlanta. Beautiful Atlanta. Go yeah. ahead. Don't let no. fuck. Just go. Other than that, we got... If- if they're stupid oh, enough to go at this point, I mean, it's just like, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's on you. Sorry. I have an edge no. today. That's good. That's good. Uh, the other big news, uh, as Craig was mentioning earlier, was the launch of the Makery Network. You want to talk about that, Craig? Yeah, sure. So uh, the Makery Network launches today. Um, and at the top of the show, you may have heard... Knife Talk is sponsored. Not that one. At the top of the show, you may have heard... Jesus Christ. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. And that's exactly what it is. It's a podcast uh, network for, for makers. So it's a bunch of podcasts got together, um, and we'll be launching all as one on today. So there's seven shows going out today. Um, so I'll, I'll run through them very quickly in, in alphabetical order. There's no favorites here. So Full Blast um, is is Jeff's new podcast. Tell full, us about Full Blast. So it's the Full Blast podcast. And before we go on, I just want to say you got that guy on speed dial. You no longer the guy who makes the announcements. <laughs> he's like you're calling him up. Your friends. He's coming over. You got that guy. You got you're paying that guy's bill. So I applaud you. I think I mentioned last week that we uh-huh. do we do a family quiz each week online. And um, uh-huh. I got this guy doing the doing the questions for me. Do you know his, do you know his first name? 
You know his first name? I don't know. Oh, he's, get the fuck he's, out like, of he's like radio show guy or something he's called online, oh, something yeah. like that. You know, you know he's like, oh, fucking Craig's calling me again. Craig's calling me again. What do you want <laughs> yeah. me to do now? Yeah. So the, so, full, the full blast podcast kind of stemmed from, I, before, I, before you sucked us on, onto this thing, that sounded weird, but easy, yeah. easy. Yeah. Wow. But, but I mean, I mean, pull us. It's better than saying sucked us off this thing. Jesus! Oh, pulled us off. Jesus! What's the matter with oh. you? Oh my God, man! I'm trying to explain this thing. We're about to get a lawsuit. Oh, so I, I was gonna do this pot. I was gonna do the one man show. The, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's what the when I did the single tracks, it was you know meant to be so i plan on doing this long before i was a knife talk and then um it's going to be very much like the single tracks that i was doing um and then there's you know and we're gonna tell stories it's going to be very less knifey i just you know i do enough knife talk on knife talk and and i just wanted to like fool around so i got three in the tank i got four coming up this week uh, it's fun, and now it's it's very listener, uh, just like how we have uh, listeners, you know, posing questions and stuff like that. I'm right now. We're getting into the point where um, fourth episode, we're gonna start dealing. I got a lot of uh, dilemmas. You're sending me your dilemmas, and I'm like uh, fucking uh, like King Solomon trying to solve your problems, and you know, might be a problem. Is it like Doctor Phil? No, like. it, uh, I, it's funny you say that because I, some of my dilemmas have gotten very intense. And I was reading them to my wife, who's a nurse practitioner, and she says, now, I don't feel like I need to tell you this, but you are not a licensed uh, therapist nor a cl- any type of clinician. And I expect that you're not, and she wasn't this, you know, you know, hard with me. But she was just like, I expect that you're not giving real, you know, psychiatric advice. And like, oh, don't worry. No, of course not. Why would I do something like that? Fucking A, right I am. So, you know, just kidding. <laughs> you know, the best therapist I've seen on TV recently is um, the Ricky Gervais show Afterlife. Um, his oh. brother-in-law <laughs> goes to this therapist. And if you've seen the, the, new, uh, the new shows, this therapist is just the best. He, he just doesn't care. It's brilliant. Well, so so the first three I had to like without any kind. I mean, because I wanted to make sure we had you know you know I got three in the tank and I just I didn't have any interaction. But now I'm starting to you know push into you know interaction and it'll be fun and I'll have guests um, getting everything squared away so I can have guests. But it's very much along the lines of you know the Makery Podcast Network is is about makers and I'm just really wanted to be like I don't want you to have to take notes. I and mean, one of the things about Knife Talk is everyone seems to send us messages. What was that thing that he said? What did Mareko say? And where was that website? And what was that book? And who was that guy? And it's just like you got you're talking about like two, you know 150 hours or you know more than that of material. And it's just like ugh, I don't want you to take notes on my podcast. Just listen. And it's great drivel. So, so that's out today, um, that right. first episode. So if you search on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, um, it'll be there. But you can also go to makery.network. You'll see all the shows and you can subscribe directly from there as well to, to each of these shows, as well as you know show notes and all the rest of it as well. So first episode out today and going forward, Jeff's going to have a new episode every Friday. So, so does every- that mean we're going to skip this coming Friday? So we're going to skip this week because okay, th- this week is everybody's episode, which is going up the right. same day, right. Monday. Right. So following that, it'll be every Friday. Um, so that's the first new show. The second new show is um, called Handmade, um, and that's by Chris Chris Zepieri, who does the, the Make Everything um, YouTube channel. Um, Paul Pinto, 
from who's been on Forged in Fire and an amazing, amazing knife maker, and Derek from Malden, who's their buddy, who's uh, he does a lot of sort of carpentry work as well, and he's, he's dude. just done this this big CNC machine with with Jimmy Duresta they've just made. It's it's incredible. So they've got this great show called Handmade. Um, again, first episode is out today. Search on all your podcast networks or on makery.network and you'll see it. Great show. I've listened to uh, the first two episodes now, and they're they're fantastic. So listen out for them. They're going to be out every Wednesday. So the first episode is today, but going forward, they're going to have an episode every single Wednesday. The third show, um, alphabetically, is is Knife Talk. You know about Knife Talk. That's us, guys. So we're going to carry on as we are every Monday morning. There's going to be uh, a new Knife Talk episode, as usual. Um, I, I think going forward, I you know, we we've mentioned this before there's only so many times we can talk about plunge lines and answer the same questions over and over again so you know we're thinking of ways to sort of evolve and and make the show um you know maybe a bit more relevant as as we go forward so if you've got any ideas for oh, things you'd no. like us to talk about or you know new sections for the show let us know because yeah i mean Jeff just said the amount of times each week we get we get asked. You mentioned about you know how you do so and so in in you know I can't find the episode. Can you tell me what it is? And we don't have the time to go back and listen to all the episodes and recommend them. So yeah, we we maybe change things up a little bit, but we're not going anywhere. Knife talk is still our our main focus, and every Monday morning there's going to be a new knife talk. And let's just get this out of the way. What people are going to I, I don't know why you ask everybody what we should do with this pot. I mean, I, I'll never understand why. We don't listen to them anyway. But I don't understand why you did it. But I but I'm telling you, the first thing you're going to say is that they want more interviews. That's what that's going to be the number one request is we want more interviews, which yeah. I understand completely, a hundred percent. But, you know, we've got a big cat, big back catalogue of interviews too. So if you haven't listened to you know, the early shows, they were very, very different before uh, Jeff and Morocco came and spoiled the party. They- <laughs> yeah, sorry. Trust me. Trust me. We got no, it was uh, – they saved the show. They saved it. Yeah, um, but it was, ju- it, was ju- it was just me sort of interviewing people. So it was very sort of uh, – it was a lot more formal, I suppose. So, if you know, interviews are your thing. Go back to the back catalogue. There's plenty there. Uh, but yeah, hopefully in the future we'll we'll, we'll be getting more as well. That'd and be cool. the hard part is, is because we're in different areas of the world and there's such a different time frame and everything. Yeah, it becomes a little bit difficult. But we are yeah. going to do more. We are going to do more interviews. Yeah, and and interviews are difficult too because we, you know, the person we're interviewing, we don't necessarily know what equipment they've got, and you know, sometimes that you know they don't have a a connection which is strong enough to you know to handle the streaming and so on. So it it can be difficult. There's a lot of moving parts, but um, we do our best, and yeah, we, I'm hoping we'll do it. We'll do it. I'm sure there'll be more interviews. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. There will be. Um, number four. Oh, so sorry, knife talk will be every Monday as usual. Um, number four is um overseasoned. Um, so, um, Tony, who's a sort of a seasoned New York restaurateur, um, uh, does this great podcast where he talks about all about the restaurant industry and the food industry. And I think that's what the makery is all about. It's not about just people who, who make knives. Um, it's just about creative people who make things happen. Um, and so Tony has joined us, um, overseasoned. It's been going for a while already. Um, so you can go and, and, you know, find the back catalog for overseasoned too. Um, but if you are, you know, if if you're into into restaurants, how restaurants work, funny stories from the restaurant industry, and so on, um, subscribe to Overseasoned. Um, again, it's on all the popular networks, um, and if you go to makery.network, you'll be able to subscribe to them directly from there. Um, going forward, um, they'll be available every Thursday morning. There'll be a new episode. But again, for this week, they're all available now. These first episodes, they're all available. 
So that's Tony, who who actually is one of Jeff's buddies. He, he does things in the background with Jeff, with with Jeff's uh, Jeff's knives. He's my business partner. He's your business partner, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, seasoned New York restaurateur. Um, lots of great, great stories. Um, it's always a good listen. So well, that's it's and now especially his his uh, partner on overseas is uh, Xavier, and he's they're both out of the restaurant industry, and they they have a real bone to pick with the restaurant industry but now that the restaurant industry is destroyed they're interviewing these chefs and what they're doing and it's it's taken on a it's a very very fascinating podcast mm-hmm. and, and they're they, they're not celebrating the restaurant industry by any means so it's like uh yeah. it's a it's a you know it's very cathartic especially if you want to know about what really happens yeah it's a good good listen um, so I said they'll be every Thursday new episodes. Um, the one, two, three, four. The fifth uh, new show is it's by me. Um, so having all these new podcasters on board, um, I had a lot of questions from people saying, you know, what mics shall I use and what equipment shall I use and all the rest of it. So I thought, why don't I just make be completely meta and make up a podcast about podcasts, how to set up a podcast, you know, and equipment and software and all the rest of it. So it's called the the Podcasters Podcast. Um, so if you're interested in starting your own podcast, um, there'll be tips every week um, and that kind of stuff. So again, first episode is out now, available on all the podcasting channels. Um, but if you go to makery.network, you can subscribe there. May I make an um, app, but one quick point. If you're sure. a knife-making or a knife-related podcast and you use any of the tips Craig <laughs> gives you on the Podcasters podcast, give fucking credit. <laughs> I expect I expect you to give credit, even of the tiniest idea. If you don't, I'm watching, and you don't those give dirty them credit. Oz, those dirty Aussies, they'll be taking. I'm not talking about you. them. They got their own thing going on. I'm talking about everybody else. I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking. The Australians are doing their own thing. I love everything they're doing, but everybody else, I'm fucking got my eye on you. Yeah, and again, that's not just for knife mate. It's for anybody who's got something to say. I think podcasts are going to be. They're big now. They're going to be huge over the next over the coming years, and especially everybody's heard the news, you know, about about Joe Rogan and his massive deal. You know, that's just brought it into into the limelight, and people are starting to realise they can make money doing podcasts. So I think this will be a handy resource for anybody who wanted to start a podcast. Um, so that'll be um, every Wednesday. There'll be a new episode, but again, that first episode's already up. So one, two, three. You four, won't be the promising f- them how to make money, will you? Not how to make money, right, but how right. to make how to make a podcast right, so, and how podcasts work and and all that kind of stuff. Just, so just their hand. Just know that he's not on the hook for you making money. Okay? Oh God, no! If there's money to be made. I want to be making it. I don't want to be giving yeah, it to you guys. Damn right. Jesus. Yeah. So you, Jesus. all you thieves out there, know where it is. <laughs> the sixth new show. Six new shows so far. Um, this one is a buddy of the show, um, Jeremy from Simple Little Life. Look at you. Um, I'm a big fan of Jeremy's stuff because I love his channel, not just his YouTube channel, not just because of the knife making stuff, which he's he's very talented at at, at showing processes and, and and telling stories and and you know educating. Um, but he's got this like really uh, rich sort of tapestry of skills. So he's a great photographer, um, all these different things that he, that he's great at. So the idea is that Simple Little Life, the podcast is going to be um, a different thing to his YouTube channel. He's going to be talking about, um, you know, obviously his knife making, um, his photography, um, about sort of setting up his homestead as well, because Jeremy lives very sort of rural like myself. 
Um, he, you know, he homeschools his kids. He's just got a really interesting life. So that's going to be a really, really good show. I'm really looking forward to that. And that's every Tuesday there's going to be a new episode. But again, that first episode is available now. If you go to makery.network, you can subscribe to, to Jeremy's uh, podcast. And that's that's got the same name, Simple Little Life, um, simply because you know, he's got a great following already on YouTube. So so hopefully they'll be following his podcast too. Is that an ironic name? I, uh, yeah, it can't be simple. It can't be his simple. His life seems so complicated. <laughs> it gets like minus 7,000 degrees in the winter where he lives. There's oh, no wow. way it's simple. I don't think anything he does looks simple. No. But he's got a great way of, of telling stories. And I've, I've already heard the first episode, and um, he just pulls you in. He's got a great voice for it as well. It's, it's great. He creates his own insults, too. <laughs> he does, actually. Have you heard? Yes, what yeah. was one of them, like, cockwobble or something like that? <laughs> Cockwombles or things like that, yeah, yeah. He's got his own, like, jackass. No, that's not a made-up word, but he... <laughs> it's like jack clown or ass clown. I don't know. He makes up his ass own... Clown. <laughs> he makes his own. He makes up his own insults. Donkey, yeah, I know the one. He's got a T-shirt made, didn't he? I, I know the one. I know the one. Um, so that's the sixth show, and we've got a seventh show. So the seventh show is called Work For It, um, and that's by Brian House. So he's a listener of the show. He's got a great uh, YouTube channel called Housework. Um, so Brian, I didn't know until speaking to him quite recently, he, he used to do a lot of voiceover work himself as well. So really? he, he could have been our voiceover man. He's got a great voice for a podcast. Um, but he's got a really good sort of business mind. So his show is going to be all about making money from being a maker. Um, it's, it, it's going to be a great, great show. Um, so, you know, for some people who may know Brian, um, he sort of prototypes machines and, and then, you know, manufactures these on, on a very small level. Um, but he, he got a great way of presenting um, and, again, of telling stories, a great voice for it. So Brian's um, show, which is called Work For It, is going to be available every Thursday. Um, and again, first episode is available now. Already heard it, and it's a cracker. So head on over to makery.network. You can see all of the shows that we have. I said that we've got seven at the moment in talks with a bunch of other people. So I think within a month or two, we're gonna get we're gonna get a dozen shows, which is gonna be which is gonna be incredible. So head on over to makery.network, look at the shows, see what you like, subscribe to what you like, and hopefully they'll be of help to and and entertainment to you guys too. And we'll be advertising all sorts of weird things, right? Eventually, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Squarespace and mattresses—that's that's why we're doing this. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it? I thought we were getting better. I thought we were, I thought we had like ball cream and vape and gambling. We're not doing any ah of that? ball cream. That's that's a, that's a knife talk specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's coming very soon. All right, <laughs> that's a radio. That's a radio teaser. <laughs> I heard one. We have a little ball cream coming up, baby. The three of us will be sliding off our chairs trying to record each week. We're so stupid. That's something coming up very soon. But yeah, so take a look at makery.network. Also on Instagram as simply makery network. Um, give us a follow and you'll be able to um, find out what's going on with any any future shows that we'll be getting and so on as well. It's going to be fun. Shall we move on? Let's do it. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chapel! Yes. Yes. And I've got to say, Even Heat, I've 
I've been I've been doing heat treating over the last the last sort of two weeks, I suppose. And it's the one machine in the shop that never lets me down. I know I can turn it on and it's going to work. Um, and I know the guys there, that they've been working really hard throughout this whole sort of crisis as well. And they're back up. They're shipping out again. So go take a look at evenheat-kiln.com. Um, best machine in the shop, without a doubt. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Absolutely, you can. And I'll tell you, Spence and Mike and Quinn are awesome. They're, if you if you have an even heat and you got trouble, you give them a call. They're fixing the problem. And I love those guys. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? This is the time where if you go to Instagram and follow us at Knife Talk Podcast, you can interact with us. Uh, we can ask us a question. Hey, man, can I ask you questions? The questions you have, you ask us, and we'll you know try to slog through and figure out what we can do. So the first one comes from O Sully. Hey guys, hope you're well and it's safe. Uh, is it safe to temper a blade that has been quenched using Parks 50 in your kitchen oven? Cheers and thank you. So he's he's trying to use his uh, his his kitchen oven as a tempering oven, and will the Parks 50 fuck everything up? Is it safe? I suppose it, it depends on the temper of your wife. I suppose. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, I I think answer. it's. I think it's safe, um, but it, it'll smell a little, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I would make sure that you wash it off before you put it in the oven, for sure. So there's no – any residual oil that's on it uh, is not necessarily smoking off and getting burned off. Because, yeah, it smells it smells like car oil, basically. That's a pretty mm-hmm. terrible smell. Uh, but one of the biggest problems with a kitchen oven is that the temperature, especially just in the oven itself, even if you set it to, say, 350 degrees, they have hot spots and cold spots. Um, the, the, the temperatures can fluctuate kind of pretty widely, and which is not desirable. And just like uh, we were just talking about our even heats, you know, a, a, a kiln, an even heat kiln is probably the best way um, to make sure that you have a very controlled temperature that you are heat treating to, um, or to, and tempering to so that you're not overheating it, you know, and where you think you're taking it to only maybe 400, but it's actually sitting at hovering at 500 degrees or something like that. It's going to do something very different to your knife than what it would be at 400. Um, but, uh, I have seen people or all that being said, uh, heat or temper out of, um, you know, like little toaster ovens or out of their ovens, um, you know, it might work <laughs> in the in the short term, but in the long term, you really want to try to get a hold of an even heat um, to 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 just so you have that control and that consistency. Yeah. And P.S. Those toaster ovens are a fucking nightmare. I wouldn't. I te- I once tempered in a toaster oven the way they work. They have the, they have the heat. They have their heat coils and they blast off. And as soon as it, it doesn't just subtly stay at 400 degrees, mm. it blasts past 400 degrees. And I only know this yeah. because I got a, uh, one of those little computers that you plug it, your toaster into, and then it's got like a little, uh, electroid, electroid, you're looking fucking me, uh, something that monitors the temperature. It, it, I know it, you know, <laughs> it's, it monitors the temperature in the, in the toaster oven. And it was and then it, you know, it tries to like t- uh, tame the oven, so to speak. Yeah. And it's still, it just spikes way past the temperature that you want. And it's like, mm-hmm. I've actually, when I first started doing it, I was like, yeah, just get a fucking cheap toaster oven and I'll temper in the toaster oven. My, I've told, I pulled this one pile of knives out. They were all blue. 
They were all purple. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, this isn't straw yellow. What yeah. the fuck's going on? So, um, I agree. I would, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. having a, a, a tempering in a even heat is a perfect. Uh, and if I agree, if you if you use the Parks Fifty, throw it in the vinegar, get rid of that that oil, all the residue, because it's going to fucking destroy your oven. The insides mm. are going to, it's going to be awful. And there's a couple of th technically there's a couple of things going on there. So Jeff just mentioned it's, it's a thermocouple that you would probably use, That's, Jeff. Uh, which would, I said electrode, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with a what you had to say. Yeah, thermocouple. <laughs> From a technical point of view, like a, a domestic oven or you know a toaster oven, they're gonna have like a really cheap thermocouple in it, um, which would refresh. You know, it would know the temperature. You know, maybe every few seconds, um, which you know, and when it gets to that, it's very crude so we would just have like a relay and it would turn the heat on or off using something like an even heat or you know any sort of professional kiln they'd have what they call a pid sensor which what that would do it would, it would keep registering the heat all the time so we could see how it's ramping up so we can sort of get ready for that so we can turn it off so you don't like overshoot massively and all the rest of it it's just, it's just a really crude way of doing it so you're never going to have that that you know that that even heat with it within the oven um, but there are ways around that. So we've mentioned in the past about using like heat bricks and things like that. Um, they'll help to stabilize because they'll absorb some of that, some of that energy and some of that heat. So putting heat brick, heat bricks in your, you know, in a domestic oven um, would probably work. But I mean, yeah, it's it's not going to be the cleanest, and it's probably still going to smell a bit anyway. So as soon as you can, I, I, yeah, try and get yourself a professional kill. That reminds me, there's a guy every time I do my stupid tales from the broiler. He he always always and I don't know who this guy is and I, and I don't deal with him directly I don't even talk to him he always bitches that I don't clean my oven he just says <laughs> would you please clean your oven would you please every single time and I just delete I just like delete it so, is it your wife no it's not my fucking wife but I tell you what <laughs> this particular guy I I don't think he's listening to this podcast but it's just like I you you wonder why I don't respond it's because I don't I have no interest in responding to you I, you. Just leave me alone. No interest. <laughs> okay, next question right. is from, I think it's Lou Fassa on Instagram. Um, as someone who wants to get into knife making, would it be so bad to pr practice workmanship on mystery steels I've come across? I get without a proper heat treat, it's just a knife-shaped object, but isn't it good for mastering basics? Um, they make their ATCR V2 sound awesome, but what's the purpose of higher chrome in a blade? Better for etching or blackening? Oh, and one more thing. Does Jeff wear socks with his sandals? <laughs> That's three That's questions in one there. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to the sock ones. We'll come to the sock one at the end. Yeah. So first off, he's asked about mystery steel. Is, is it a good idea to sort of practice on that, he's saying? Absolutely. I think for grinding and shaping, why, why not? Forging um, too. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah I, but I, I, made think... my, uh, I made my, uh, my, when I do my practice boards, I do it all out of mild steel. My point really is that you can get like small, small sort of blank shaped size bits of steel, like really, really cheap, you know, really cheap. If you've got a good supplier locally or, or even online now, you, you can get it. You, it's not, it's not that expensive to sort of to, to play around with, you know, using something like O one one or something like that. Sure. Really, really cheap. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, I, with regards to forging, I don't know, but I would imagine it would move very different. hundred percent, thousand percent. 
But with regards to, to grinding, it certainly grinds differently. So you can practice as much as you want on, you know, a cheap mild steel. But um, as soon as you get, you know, like a, a stainless, it's going to be very different. But um, just take a look around locally and find, you know, like local metal shops and ask them where they're getting their stuff. Because I'm pretty sure you'll be able to get some stuff very, very cheap. You don't, you don't need that much to practice with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear people say ask this question all the time. Uh, I I would I would try to maybe. I mean, I I I love that you do your boards from the mild steel, but just like you said, the the steel moves very differently from um, from a, a blade steel. And 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 like Craig no, noted, you know, it grinds very differently. I actually try to encourage people, you know, if you if if it's a cost thing, then yeah, try to you know, try to do your best to get a hold of some repurposed material that could really make something. Um, but more than anything, it's because you're, you're trying to establish, especially when you're first starting, you're trying to establish good habits and, and, and muscle memory and techniques, uh, on material that is going to be either the same or very similar to what you're actually going to be making knives out of. Um, because I, I kind of, I don't see Unfortunately, I don't see the point in be quote unquote mastering how to uh, do stuff on steel that isn't or metal that you're actually going to use for knives because the the learning curve you, you're you're starting all over again basically when you jump to uh, like even from high carbon like Craig said to stainless it's very you know they cut differently it, it's just very weird and so. Um, you know, I would try to encourage you to actually, you know, whatever steel you think you want to make your knives from, start using that steel. It's also going to teach you instead of, you know, it being out of mild and you think, oh, fuck it, I can just fuck off and mess it up. It'll actually, you know, cause you to pay more attention um, to how you're working and make sure you're trying to, you know, you're really doing things right um, or as best as you can in your initial runs because you know this is this is real steel this is whatever you know and so I would from my uh, approach and my my kind of philosophy I would encourage you to start with the real steel that you really want to be making your knives from there you go, go. um also asks about um he says ATCRV2 sounds awesome but what's the purpose of a higher chrome content in a blade Who wants to take that one I'm not. No interest. I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know I don't entirely. I'm nothing about yeah. it. I, I don't know um, it, all of the specifics about the steel, but I, I do know um, that most steels are not, you know, they don't put things in them for the aesthetic because uh, he's asking about if it etches darker or something like that. It's The chrome in there has nothing to do with the, the finished aesthetic. It has to do with the functionality of the steel and what chrome helps um, on any, in, in any knife that uh, it, it's incorporated into. It helps it make it a deeper hardening steel, which makes it easier for people to heat treat it. Um, so instead of having only like maybe a half a second window, like you do with W2 uh, or other kind of, simpler high carbon steels and water quenching steels you have you know upwards of like maybe five seconds to get below kind of the uh, perlite nose below 900 degrees or so which is a big difference in whether you successfully quench your blade or not and so adding chrome uh and there are all kinds of other alloys that can be added to in small parts but it helps um firstly it helps deepen that ability to harden the knife and then it also uh helps create um, carbides, uh, in the material. And if you, you, you know, you, 
if you heat treat to pref preferentially create carbides, you, you create these, basically these speckles of ultra hard material within the iron matrix of your steel, um, that could, depending on the, uh, the application, it could really lend itself to how the knife is being used or how the cutting tool is being used. Um, so, but the, that, that would be the more, the more of the main reason for adding chrome to your uh, steel of a blade. But also, it would make it a stainless steel then, with a certain percentage of chrome, so it stops, you know, the uh, right. it, well, resist resists <clears throat> rust a bit better. Um, but I personally find that the higher the chrome content, I find the easier to grind. Weirdly, because it sort of slides across more as well. It, it, it does have a different feel when grinding. I mean, mm. it slides across that platen because it's I don't know whether it's just in my mind because I know there's more chromium in it. But if you can imagine chrome being a bit more shiny, that kind of thing, you know, sure. it it does seem to sort of slide across the platen a little bit better. Yeah. And in high carbon steels, the chrome that's al alloyed into the material, is usually only maybe uh, uh, one or 2% at the very most, uh, possibly, uh, actually, I think, uh, what is it, D2? I think D2 gets up to 3% chrome um, by weight, uh, per, two to, or 3% uh, by, yeah, weight by weight. Um, but for stainless to for chrome to really act as, or help a steel act as a stainless, it has to get up to around twelve, uh, like eleven and a half to thirteen. I don't know. People don't really. I don't know how, but they still don't necessarily agree on how much chrome has to be in the material for it to be considered a stainless. But it's a range of about eleven and a half to thirteen percent chrome, which is considerably more chrome um, between what uh, you're seeing in ADC RV2 or Crew Forge V or Fifty Two One Hundred or other steels with uh, high carbon steels with a little bit of chrome in it. Yeah, that's a fucking answer right there. There you go. <laughs> I know. There you Jesus. go, Lufasa, you little bastard. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! We haven't finished Lufasa's <laughs> questions yet. Yeah. There's the uh, <laughs> the most important one. Yeah. <laughs> Does Jeff wear socks with his sandals? The fuck you care? Seriously, that's my answer. <laughs> I don't wear fucking sandals. I don't wear flip flops. And if I did, I would not wear socks. But I will. You will not catch me wearing fucking flip flops. What would you wear on a on a lovely sunny day going for a walk? I wear I wear sneakers and uh or tennis shoes and a pair of low cut socks. What do you want? What what, what okay. I had a fucking guy once. I was on this goddamn live feed <laughs> and this guy wrote and this guy said to me all he typed in was show me your feet. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah and a fucking i know who you know jimmy knives know. there who's listening he's lee was listening he heard that jimmy knives is listening to that and i just said fuck you <laughs> <laughs> what else is it to say what do you give a fuck about what i'm on my should you, but you will not see me in flip-flops when i was at this rally yesterday and this friend of mine was speaking and it was very impassioned he was wearing flip-flops i was just like yeah yeah, lost a little bit of juice as, as far as you I was concerned. You couldn't take him seriously. I mean, a little bit. No, no. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like when you wear you have a mustache and beard and wear bike shorts. I'm out. Maybe when you say flip flops. flops, do you mean the thing that goes between your toes, or do you yeah. just mean like what do you call flip flops? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I'd call them flip. I, but some, like, some people call like sliders flip flops too, don't they? Ah, there's some bullshit. Everyone's got my even my kids talking about you know she's talking about the shoes she wears. This is this this and this is that. I'm like ah, it's a flip flop, right? Because <laughs> no no no, no. Ugh, I can't get. Off. I live in in the summer months. I live in sliders. Oh, are slide? What are sliders? They, I suppose they're flip flops, but without the toe bit. They, you know, it's the band that goes across the top of the foot. You That's know? very so European, you, right? So your toes flip through. Yeah, but, fuck um, that shit. I don't want to. You don't want You don't need without to socks. Without socks. You don't need to look at my feet, and I don't need to look at yours. <laughs> there, done. He's, I he's saw some motherfuckers. They look like your hands. 
<laughs> my, they, you know what? It doesn't matter. None that you got a foot fetish because that doesn't matter. I saw a woman in the fucking supermarket. She had a mask on. She had rubber gloves on, and her fingers were so fucking crumpled up in the flip flops. It was like this. It was like a rusty <sighs> fist. And it was like oh, the fingers geez. were going all over the place. I was just like, I was like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't wear gloves. Maybe you should wear some fucking socks because no one has to look at your goddamn claws. <laughs> Jesus. I bet. Mom's. Actually, I bet Craig or uh, uh, Jeff. I bet you. Go ahead. Do you go and get like a pedicure? No. You get. I bet your toes look really nice. You're weird. You're a fucking weirdo. You're a fucking weirdo. And, and that's an odd thing to say. And you're a weirdo. I'm going with it, but you're a weirdo. No, the answer is no. I don't go to get a fucking pedicure. Uh, I, okay. everything, is, everything is trimmed and, and normal. I'm not scratching the sheets up at be, in the bed. But at the same time, you don't need to fucking see my feet. And I don't need okay. to see yours. More next week on Jeff's No, feet. nothing da, da, more to da, say. I've covered it all. The answer is fuck you. That's the answer, Lufasa. I'm not interested in answering your goddamn questions. God bless you, Lufasa. The first two questions were fine. The second one was, you know, whatever. I'm with you. All right. This next one is from uh, the Blade Maker. He says, hey, cuties, I got a question for Mr. Lockwood. I was recently asked to make 70 steak slash table knives for a restaurant here, but their PR slash marketing lady ran away when I gave her the price. I asked for around $100 a pop. Uh, was that too much? Uh, how would I price such an order if so? Thanks. Uh, thanks. Really love the podcast. You're a loyal listener. Uh, all the way from <laughs> Kuwait. Wow. Kuwait, wowzies. And there was an add-on. There was an add-on because it was so, uh, you can read them. Very similar. Parts. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, it's from, Z so Zach Ball basically is kind of asking the same thing. He says, how do you price uh, out of volume discount for larger orders, specifically steak knives for restaurants? All right. Let's hear it. Yeah, it's a difficult one. So if we go back to what the Blade Maker says about, um, was it too much? I think it's it's everybody's going to be different. It, you know, what's too much for me may be different to what's too much to you and and anybody else. Um, it's got to be what you're comfortable with. But um, I, I get a lot of a lot of people coming to me for, like restaurants now for for steak knives, um, and that's probably my my sort of bread and butter now. That those are my main orders. Um, and it's difficult. You can't charge what you charge for one knife when people are ordering. You know, maybe a hundred knives. Um, but saying that your costs do come down considerably and your, your time to make comes down considerably too. Um, but if they're not happy with the price that you've given them, there's, you know, there's not much you can do. Um, one thing that I have started to do is if people aren't happy with the price or they, I wouldn't say that they're never not happy with the price. It's just say, well, it, it's out of our budget, unfortunately, so that they're going elsewhere. Um, what, you know. I can't tell you not to lower your prices because, you know, the prices are, you know, what they are for you. You, you know what you need to make. Um, but what I've done, um, we're quite fortunate here in France that, um, you know, there's lots of knife factories around here. So I, I've worked with a factory who will actually do my heat treat and grind for me too on some orders. So if the if if it's too expensive, I say, well, you know, there are ways we can maybe bring the cost down, which is if I outsource, um, you know, maybe the grind or the heat treat as well. Um, and that way the cost comes down significantly. They still get a custom knife because it's, you know, it's custom designed to their shape. So it'll be laser cut out to the shape, exact shape that they want. Um, it'll be, 
heat treat and ground and it'll come to me to do the, you know, the finishing and the, the, the fitting of the handles. Now for me, I can charge a lot less for that. Um, so I'd say I've probably done 12 to 15 restaurants that way. Um, so they're still getting a custom knife, um, but they're not necessarily fully handmade by me. They're hand finished by me. So that's one option if you've got that close to you. Um, but what I'd say is don't waste too much time with people when you give them the price. Um, I, I, I've got one particular order that still stings with me where they contacted me. Uh, it, was, it was sort of a celebrity chef oh, in the UK. And he's okay. very well known. And I got very excited about it. And I, and I flew to the UK for a meeting. You know, I'd given the price straight off and they were like, this lady I was speaking to who was sort of the, the restaurant manager of a new restaurant they were opening. Um, she had the price and she was like, great. I said, okay, then great. It, you know, it seemed to be a goer. So it, it was worth me flying to the UK to meet them. And, and we did and actually made a one-off for them as well so they could see what it would be like. And I put a lot of effort into it, only then to be told, oh, they're going to go with, you know, something they can buy in a shop because it's easier for them. You know, so don't go down that road of trying to chase that order. If they're not happy with your price and you can't shift the price, don't go chasing it because you're going to sell yourself short. Um, and, you know, they're out. If, if they don't if they don't respect what you do and the cost you're giving them, well, you know, you're, you're going to be chasing your tail forever. So, yeah, just just be careful that you're speaking to the right people, the decision makers. Um, and, yeah, that's the only advice I could give there, really. And that's business. Yeah. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And let's just get the elephant out of the room here, which is some of you guys think it, that you're artists. Well, if you're looking toward to be an artist to a business that wants to deal with a business, they don't care about your artistic integrity. Mm. It's going to come down to units, so you have to kind of make that decision. Where am I? Can I afford to pay for? Can I afford to make these at the price that they want? If not, yeah. then that's just the way it's going to be. I completely understand because coming from the restaurant business back in the day, you know, their profit margin on a plate of food is like, like it's nothing. So they're not going to, you know, the chances of them wanting to spend a pile of money on some stuff. I was supposed to make uh, knives for before Carl Ruiz passed away. I was going to make a set of knives for his chefs. And Carl said to me, get the bill in now before before you know all of a sudden everything comes in and what happens is and that was what, what happened we got the bill in and then they had to make decisions in regards to what they needed and what they didn't need and they certainly were like what what you're making you're making chef knives for all your cooks what and that was the other thing of that and it was there are these these restaurants and these businesses are businesses and they yeah. they want to deal with other businesses not they're they don't care about your artistic in, uh, integrity a lot of times Hmm. A lot of times, but you know there are yeah. a lot of restaurants out there who, you know, the owners or the restaurant managers, they 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 really do try to set themselves apart, and they you know they, they want to pay the extra to have something a bit different, 100%. And, and and they they appreciate the workmanship and all the rest of it. There there are, there are plenty of them out there, but there are also lots and lots of restaurants where they, you know they just they just need to get people at buns on seats and and turn sure. them out. So, you are a thousand percent correct. Make sure you're speaking to the right people. Um, and if they're sort of trying to sort of juggle you on cost, maybe they're not the people you need to be working with. That's yeah. The other thing is, say, really. is when you're coming up with a price, you have to have some wiggle room for yourself. If you give them your barest bones price, there's a lot of times there's no room for you, for you to get the job and move down. And if they say, can you knock off 20%? 
Yeah. You need to yeah. be able to be very clear in, what, in regards to what it's going to cost you, what you want, and what you'll take. Yeah. What I tend to do, I tend to, once we've had the chat and all the rest of it, I tend to sort of present something to them, this um, document that I've got, and I generally give them sort of three options. And I always know what will happen. They want that middle option at the lowest cost. Right. Um, mm. So, yeah, I always try to make it so I could do, yeah, I could give them that middle option at the lowest cost. And hopefully nobody's listening who's ordering these knives, but <laughs> that's the way I try to sort of cost it. So they think they're getting a deal. Well, they are getting a deal. They, they get into, you know, something slightly better for the lower cost, but it's, everybody likes to feel as if they've, they've won a deal, you know, and, and sure. that's the way I sort of handle that. Craig just ripped someone off on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. And this episode, and this answer is sponsored by Ball Cream. Slide off your chair. <laughs> Not quite. Yet. We sh- we shouldn't mention the ball cream yet. Coming coming week. Uh, I just want to mention really quick uh, before I move on an uh, audio book that I listened to a few months back is called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, he was a negotiator for I, th- I think it was the FBI or something like that, um, but he it's talking about how to use negotiating or how to develop negotiation skills kind of just in basic real life situations, whether you're talking with coworkers or your kids or doing business and stuff like that. And, and when he gets to the business portion, he's t- he talks about like what percentage to start at um, beyond kind of what your actual target goal price is that you're going for so that you give room for uh, whoever you're talking to, to work you down. So they feel like Craig was saying, so they, feel like they're they're winning in a way um but really what they're doing is they're bidding the price to you that you actually wanted um and that's kind of it's i don't know i feel like that (laughs) now that i say it out loud it sounds kind of shitty but that's kind of how negotiating works in general that's what i said um i said give have the price and then be able to be able to go to something that you're willing to take yeah in in a past past life um just you know straight out of school i i sold cars for about six months for one summer out of here seriously dodgy suit and everything was terrible after you ripped off that (laughs) we learned we learned a couple (laughs) episodes ago how you ran how you ruined that uh supermarket remember this is now i want to know how you ruined (laughs) this i want to know how you fucking scam no i I got a a top tip on sales negotiating yeah go ahead (laughs) Let's hear it. <laughs> so it was always this thing of, you know, whatever the sticker price was, somebody wanted a deal, always. So I always had this thing of, you know, the boss is out the back. And it, it's up to you. You knew what the, what the cut was. You knew how much profit you had to play with and so on. So they'd be like, oh, let's say it's up for, I don't know, 10 grand. And they're like, oh, well, it's a bit much. And I'd say, well, look, what can you go to? Tell me what you want, and I'll go to the boss and see if I can get it. And they'd say, oh, you know, I, I want it for nine, two, for example. And I'd say, okay, well, so I put my hand out to shake the hand. I'll say, so if I can get this for 9-2, I said, it's going to be a hard ask, but I'm going to try my best. If I can get this for 9-2, if we got a deal, and they'd shake my hand. I'd leave the room, have a cup of coffee. Look at you, sit, motherfucker, you. you said- Come back into the room and say, <laughs> we got you a deal. They feel over the moon. They feel as if they've won. It's it, it, it's a workout. You're- so you get that sort of commitment to to mm. what they can pay. Yeah. It works. Your, definitely your works. history... Of being it's shady. A scumbag, it's shady. A scumbag. You're interweaving this, all these stories of how you were ripping off people, ripping off your boss. It's not ripping. I'm giving them what they want. Yeah. Jeez. But you're letting them, them know. They you're letting them know. They're, you're, let, you're, you're, su- you're sucking on that coffee while they think you're talking to your boss. 
But the thing is, it's 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 negotiating, but it, it's like a fixed fixed negotiation. So you know, if we can get this, are you happy? Because otherwise, you come back and then they're like, oh, well, maybe we can go for eight and a half. And it's like you you know you've already stopped that happening. You you they know this is the bottom line of the negotiation yeah. now, and you're going to go away and try your best. Look at you. You know, I gotta like watch. I gotta fucking keep my hand in my pocket every time I talk to you now. God, <laughs> Craig Lockwood, <laughs> you little thief. No, Let's move on. Thief, you know, thief. <laughs> Room custom knives. Uh, what's the best knife you've seen on your feeds this week, and why did it catch your eye? Yeah, be careful, because Craig's gonna come and grab it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried to drop some advice, yeah. and you just be little, yeah. mate. Jesus. Yeah, light fingers, Lockwood. That's what you are. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. Best knife on your feet this week, and why did it catch your eye? I know exactly what the answer is. Is Nick Rossi did this knife with uh, this uh, these forge the handle with these forge scrolls in the style of Edgar Brandt, who was a uh, very important uh, designer and blacksmith who really put forth uh, Art Deco in in uh united states i think it was united states but it was a, a beautiful incredible knife but the handle was was three scrolls and then there was a collar that kind of made the transition between the handle and the knife and it was so out of the norm but so beautiful and so well and he even said it was you know meant to be a, like homage to edgar brandt it was stunning and beautiful and that was the best thing i've seen in a long long time nice Morocco. what have you seen this week uh, I discovered this new maker. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, so sorry, bud. His name's his real name's Max, but the brand is Majime Knives. Oh, everyone uh, was on really Instagram. hoping. Everyone was real. Everyone was like sitting back, <laughs> and like, okay, here it comes. Ben Benjamin <laughs> Cocker's on his, his way. His name is Benjamin Cocker. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, Majime Knives. He he's a former executive chef. Uh, he says in his profile, uh, he's a knife maker based out of Long Beach, California. But he's doing some really really clean work. Uh, stuff looks awesome. Um, and he actually just won uh, best of show for the Damasteel. Um, they did a, an online show, a digital show instead of, they mm -hmm. were going to do whole this, like they do this, uh, Dama Steel holds this invitational, um, where they have chefs come together and make these chef's knives and stuff. Uh, and Max just won, uh, the best show with, at that invitational. So congratulations to him, but he, all in all, I mean, his work is super clean it's very nice stuff. Um, so that's the best thing I saw on uh, just off the top of my head. What about you, nice. Craig? You know, I, I haven't had time. I I I, I rarely use Instagram recently. Um, mm. It's it's more for I you know messaging, I suppose. You know, to get in touch with people and that kind of thing. Um, I generally don't scroll through the feed um, as much as I used to, and I made a conscious decision as well. Maybe maybe four or five months ago that um, I was I was following more um, chefs and people people making food who would be my customer as opposed to other knife makers who, let's face it, aren't buying my knives. Um, and that was a sort of a business decision, I suppose. So I don't really see that many knives coming up on the feed. Um, sometimes if I want to research something, I'll you know I'll search then and then I'll see lots of knives, obviously. But um, generally, I. I I, I don't follow that many knife makers anymore. So, yeah, I haven't really seen anything that's caught my eye this week, unfortunately. Uh, one little note that I just, just to go back to what Mareko was saying is um, 
people have started to, when they send in their questions to us, they're phonetically writing out their names because we have a uh, wonderful <laughs> and awful way of everybody. We butcher everybody's name all the time um, and every time. So now people are starting to phonetically write their name out and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're wasting our time, but they're, they're, they're preventing us from having the fun that we know that can happen. Really? <laughs> so don't do yeah, that. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's the, happening a lot lately. And it's all of us. And we screw everybody's names up. Okay, who's taking the next uh, one? All right, so go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. From American Wastelander, he says, Hey, man, can I ask you, ask you a question? If cash and clients weren't a factor, what is your favorite knife to make and forge? Um, I'd really like to spend a lot of time making a great bushcraft knife. Um mm. Now, because just I, I'd be spending a lot more time in the woods and so on. Um, but they're not my customers, so I'm not. Um, but yeah, I'd love to just say I'm gonna take a week off and really dial in a design for a bushcraft knife. Um, and maybe in the future I'll be able to do that, but um, not the moment. Um, but yeah, that the moment that's what I'd love to be doing. Nice. What about you, Jeff? I I think I'd still make culinary knives just because I don't really. I don't really do other things, you know. I like cooking, and and I like, mm. I like, I like cooking, you know. And I like I, this, especially this past couple of weeks. I've been my kid has been really interested in knife techniques and and cooking and and knife skills, and I've been enjoying really kind of focusing on using it correctly. So I would I would for sure just be making chef knives, you know. I just like that. I like, uh, but I'll tell you what I am going to be doing, and I'm actually I've reached out to my buddy Chris Zepp. I'm going to try to make some spatulas, some fish spatulas. That's something uh, I got some material to make fish spatulas. A, a lot of chef friends of mine are always looking for fish, fish spatulas. Mm. Um, and they call it a fish spatula because it's very, it's a gentle, it's not like, uh, like flipping pancakes. It's not for like flipping pancakes. It's a very gentle, there's a lot of air space in between uh, in it. It's a, it's a very light for delicate stuff. So I'm just going to be, Chris is going to help me um, try to, water jet cut out some uh designs for uh, uh other other implements which i'm psyched about. Nah, he's got one of those waste machines right hasn't he? yeah i was asking him about how how to go about cutting those holes because if you cut holes in between steel like like a line like cutting lines what happens is, is it heats up and then the steel expands in between so he's going to help me out uh with a couple of things and that's i'm psyched about that nice Sweet. Okay, next one is from. Oh, oh, oh sorry, Morocco. Morocco didn't answer See, that one. You gotta watch yourself, Morocco. You gotta watch yourself, Craig. He's gonna, he gonna go back and suck down some coffee, and then you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Shake your hand, and there you are. Deal done. Uh, I would. So uh, lately, I've been looking at a lot of historical stuff, and um, there are actually some historical Damascus patterns that. Basically, they have not been recreated since something like uh, like the second century, like 200, 200 350 uh, AD. They are their mosaics. So they and they're I'm pretty confident they're tiled mosaics, uh, which is so anybody talking shit about who came up with what uh, the Celts in south southern Germany were doing tiled mosaics in like yeah like i said second or third uh, century here so here come the complaint emails yeah yeah well they oh, shut the fuck dude, up this dude from indiana 
Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, anyways, so I've I've been looking at them and kind of reverse engineering them. And if I if time, uh, or I guess yeah, if time, money, and client was weren't problems, um, that's what I would be spending my time on right now. Is kind of um, trying to decode those patterns and and recreate them. And um, yeah. So. It's a TV show in that. Jeez. I know. Imagine it. What's TV shows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call Netflix. Post Netflix. Yeah. 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 Okay. Can I move on now? Please. Okay, Jeff. Yeah, Is that ahead. good? Okay. <laughs> Philip, Philip Hidden or Philip Hyden said, I just bought my first real anvil two weeks ago. Before buying this anvil, I used a miniature anvil weighing two kilograms, which I didn't fasten down. With being a hobbyist blacksmith enthusiast, I need some help. In which order should I, buy, should I buy machines and bigger tools such as bench vice, anvil, angle grinder, and belt grinder? Uh, and he says maybe some sort of grinder like a 2x72. Help is much appreciated. And he's from Sweden. So Philip, Philip Hidden or Hayden, um, he's asking, yeah, what tools does he need and what order does he buy them? What do you think? I mean, well, I mean, I think some of the easier ones to acquire are like a bench vice and a belt grinder. Um, and the sooner you can get those, the more helpful, helpful they can be. The harder ones to get a hold of are obviously kind of the more expensive machines like the 2x72 or, or a, a big anvil um, or even like a forge or a good, like a, a decent drill press, you know, um, or even some of the fixtures that you might use along the way, like a far carbide file guide or something like that. Um, <laughs> file guide, you nearly said. I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Fart file guide? No, but you said before the first thing you said was a fart. Fart guide. Fart guide. <laughs> fart guide. Yeah, you just put it between your cheeks. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know where farts come from. Go ahead. Uh but yeah, I mean I I would start with just whatever you can afford to acquire to start with, but also be kind of working on saving money to the side so that you can uh invest on some of these other larger machines that are going to be uh help just help make the job a lot easier and um practical to do what do you think craig uh, order of things to buy i mean he, he does say a blacksmith enthusiast and i'm certainly not a blacksmith um i make my knives you know with stock um but you know things that i need um are uh, an even heat because if you're not if you're not heat treating well, they're not knives. Um, angle grinder always very handy, um, and I go with a, a battery powered angle grinder if you can, um, just because it's a lot easier and you can get you know the angles that you want and so on. Um, but you know a two by seventy two makes the biggest difference. So if you're currently using one of those you know one by thirty six little things or, or whatever you're using, a two by seventy two is a massive massive step up. And, you know, they're not that expensive, um, particularly um, with, with, with one of our sponsors. Jeff, what, what grinder do you use, for example? Well, just to lead into that, what I was going to suggest is the best thing you do is to kind of build from the basics in regards to what you want. And when you get your anvil and you get your hammer and then you get your bench vise and you're starting to build out and figure out what's the most efficient for you, I'll tell you what you should get. You should get a Broadbeck Ironwork 2x72 grinder. The guys at Broadback are fantastic. They're knife makers making grinders for knife makers. And I talk to Vince very often. He texts me. I talk or text with him all, all the time. Uh, Ryan has been unbelievable. 
Um, they're, they've gotten you, you, the listener, have been so great with uh, Broadbeck that Ryan's has been able to leave his former job and now con- completely focus on Broadbeck Ironworks. They do a beautiful 2x72 grinder with an extra long platen. You can use it horizontally or vertically. Uh, get the VFD, you'll thank me. They have lots of attachments that fit on the one arm. And it, all they all attach to the slack belt arm, so you don't need a million arms. They figure out a way to make the, the, all the parts inexpensive. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com and then you put in Knife Talk 5, you get 5% off. And the shipping is included in the, in the, in the grinder, so they're not fiddling around with you. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's a great grinder. I have it. I love it. It's my number one grinder. My other two grinders are gathering dust because this thing is just outstanding. <laughs> It's true, and and I know we, we you know we we sort of shoehorned a sponsor in there, but you know Philip, I I think a two by seventy two is is the biggest biggest difference. I know some people do amazing stuff with those you know one by thirty sixes and so on, but your life is just so much easier with with a two by seventy two. So yeah, that that probably would be you know one of the first purchases. Really, I always built upon the basics, and then what would make this easier? What would make this easier? And then focus on. Yeah. Not just saying you need a you know bench you know bench vice or this that it's it's you're looking at the steps and what you're gonna do and think what would make this step easier and then upgrade that way because all of a sudden you just like you know you have your shop and you get your you know your anvil and your hammer and then you say oh I'm gonna buy this you know laser to stencil my it's just like it's just growth uh, organic growth is always the best move. There you are. I like what you said, Craig, about uh, the heat treating for even heat. That should be their new slogan. If it's not heat treated mm. properly, it's not a knife. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. The marketing team for even heat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall right. we, um, who's taking the next I one? I am. Yeah, I'll take the next one. Okay, go ahead. It's a mouthful. Easy, easy guys. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, go no, ahead. The confrontation no, there between no, the two. Go ahead. My, oh. I'm with you. Go ahead. <laughs> This is from Peter Man Knives. He says, hey, man, can I ask you a question? I have been buying different kinds of wood pre-cut for knife-making suppliers. But my problem is once I cut the blocks into scales and glue everything up, the wood starts to shrink over the next couple of days after the knife is finished. This leaves edges between the scales and the tang of the knife. Basically, it ruins the handle. Uh, Am I doing something wrong with the wood? Is it not... Uh, is it just not dried properly? Appreciate your advice. Love the show, I'm Leonard Peterman. Mm-hmm. I think there's guys? there's lots of people selling um, not the highest quality um, wood out there. Um, I've I've ordered lots online of of you know scales and things like that, and they come and I'm you can just tell they're they're not you know they're not sure. high quality. Um, I'd say if it's you say pre-cut, so I assume in, they're coming in blocks because you're still cutting them into into scales. Um, I'd say I don't know. Once you cut them into scales and you're finding things are still shrinking, maybe leave them as scales for a couple of weeks before before yeah. doing it. Um, I mean, there's always the old trick of you know sticking them in a very low oven for some time. Um, but I'd maybe suggest looking for a new supplier because it doesn't sound as if it's uh, good stuff you're getting. But even if you dry it out. If it's not stabilized, it's gonna once you pull it out of the oven, it's gonna just suck back all the moisture where it yeah. was. I mean, that's the problem with you know when you do when you stabilize wood yourself, as as soon as the, the wood is out of the oven and then you've tested with the moisture meter, you're supposed to bag it up quick because yeah. before you put it in the in the you have to get it down to you know room temperature 
before you put it in the resin because what happens is it as it cools it's sucking in all the moisture in the in the air so that's what i do is as soon as the uh the, te- the uh, moisture meter reads that they're it's below 10 percent or even more i bag everything up quick and then get it cold quick so i can stick it in the in the this the resin so if you're if you're not using stabilized wood the wood's never going to not change you know it's it's all that mm. space in between uh the, the air space it sucks up moisture and that's why it expands and it shrinks and expands so what the stabilizing does is it prevents that it works it prevents to a certain degree the expansion because there's no there's nowhere for there to, to suck up the water it's not a, it's it's like a it's like a sponge that's all the holes have been filled up yeah so i mean that's 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 the name and that's the reason why a lot of people use and me that's why i use i use stabilized wood that i buy or i stabilize it myself because i don't want to get that call saying you know this fucking mm-hmm. thing you know if it, it uh it expanded off the knife yeah and i, I try to stabilize everything even really really hard woods um because i think it can do no harm um but generally, yeah, the softer the wood, the more sort of uh, porous, the more the, the holes you're going to find, those air holes. The softer the wood, the more it requires stabling. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it sounds as if you're using maybe a, a soft wood um, and that hasn't been dried at all. Um, yeah. What about in, your, in Lockwood Forest, that hard white beach? Hard, very hard <laughs> stuff. hard um, beach. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, certainly going to try stabilizing it, and I think because it's it's quite pale as well, I'm going to try You're that sort of pale you know, white sort of double. What? My mistake. Easy, Jesus. I'm going to try the the double dip, the double dip yeah. method, um, where you know with with colors and things like that. Oh, I'm nice. hoping I'll be able to get some nice results with it. I apologize. Sure. That was un- uh, unfortunate. Yeah, I just want to piggyback Craig's uh, comment about, yeah, you might want to be careful about who you're buying that wood from. And there are a lot of suppliers out there. I feel like now it's, it seems like I keep seeing new materials or people boasting about getting handle materials from a new person. And I've, I, I, you know, there's a lot of beautiful stuff and it's easy to see it in photos and think it's awesome until you get it. Um, I've been actually, I've been in a tough spot a couple of times where I, something looked great in the photographs and I got it and there had all these checks and cracks in it and the person just disappeared. And I was just like, well, I guess I learned my lesson. So now I only buy wood, um, that I see firsthand and one of the guys that I always rely on uh, is Gallery Hardwood. That's Larry Davis at Gallery Hardwood. I think he's actually on Instagram now. He's an old guy. He's been doing this for, uh, and he would not be offended by it. I mean, he's fucking old, but he's a great How guy. How old is he? <laughs> How old is he? Proper old. <clears throat> yeah, he's in his. Older than uh, Jeff? Definitely older than Jeff. Uh, he's wow, he's in his late 70s, I believe. Oh, but he's been doing this for a long time and professionally. Um, he's, you know, he's been stabilizing and procuring and seasoning wood for, uh, uh, musical instruments and has been doing knives now for uh, at least the last 10, 15 years. And, um, so I actually, Jeff, I think when you were there with Tony or Tony came down that first time, uh, I sent you guys over to him and you ended up with a, you know, might, might've been one of the first times you ended up with a backpack full of wood. Uh, you guys went crazy over at his table, but, um, who was that guy, by the way, is he the one who has like the weird stuff? 
Is he, he's a, there's a one older guy there who I think he sold me some fucking bullshit. Three thousand BC. He's some some old guy <laughs> sold me some three thousand BC bog oak. You're talking about bog oak, yeah. And then and then we're like, how do you know it's three thousand BC? And he gave me this piece of paper. I don't know if this is your guy, but this, he gave me this fucking bullshit. Uh, it was a, it was like a, a fax paper with sharpie and copied. It was like a copier paper with like Sharpie on it and shit like that. And it said, you know, with like some Russian words and Russian letters. And I was just like, yeah, here, here's the certificate of authenticity. And Tony's just like, this looks like some horseshit to me. And I was like, yeah, I guess me too. You know, this is, you know, some bullshit. But I don't think it was. <laughs> There's scary. only one old. way to date stuff <laughs> that's that old and it's with carbon the, dating. Oh, I thought it was with using Sharpie and a copier paper. I thought that was the only No, thing. no, no. It's, it is his. That was the same guy, but it's not bullshit. <laughs> He's got the most integrity of any knife supplier I I've ever purchased. I've never stuff had from any the, problems the with any of the stuff he, I bought from him at all. Um, so, little, you got a little banana, banana tailpipe situation right there. I was just like, come on, man. Got to do better than this fucking piece of paper here. Sure. But the point. Uh, the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I see a new ni uh, knife handle supplier. Um, a lot of people think that it's a quick and easy business. Uh, there are some people mm -hmm. I've completely blocked um, because they've gotten extremely spammy just in my DMs, stuff like that, um, who are new to it. They, you know, they get this wood. They want to flip it as quickly as possible because they're trying to make that money, which is cool, except that they're not necessarily selling. Uh, Material that's ready to be used, hence uh, handle scales that will fluctuate, or or even material that that's been even properly processed, I guess. So yeah, I've had some stuff where they've yeah. tried to saw into scales, and they're just they're unusable because the, the you know the, the saw isn't straight, and then you know there's less than one millimeter left on one side, and it's oh, just geez. never ever usable for knife scales. So yeah, you just sure. gotta be careful who you're buying from. Seeing seeing it is always that's that was the number one reason why I went to blade show is because i needed to see with my hands because you see these pictures i've got i've had stuff made from guys and they'll send i'll show them exactly what i want they'll send me pictures and i get it i'm like yo this is a different situation right here this is nothing like the picture you sent me so i try and I also when i send pictures to my customers of the stuff that i have i don't put filters on the wood i try to give you know really good indication in regards to what they're getting so they're not surprised like no one's ever given me fritz about well, that's not what it looked like when you send it to me. So I, I think it's real important to be able to see. Unfortunately, seeing it yourself is one of more important than anything else and not be disappointed. Seeing is believing. There you go. I know who you're talking about too, Mariko. That's not, a, that's not too hard to figure out. So the next question, it comes from Noble Savage Forge. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for doing the show for us. I've been smithing for six to seven years, and I don't claim to know shit. But there's always that fucker that never smithed anything, but has watched Forge and Fire and wants to tell you how to do your job. Do you still get this kind of thing happen to you? Thanks. Aaron Trotsky, Forge and Fire, Season 5, Episode 16. <laughs> and this is one for you, Mareko. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I get people making comments all the time but it you know i don't know i i i try to it's while it's incredibly annoying i also try to sympathize in a way that you know sympathize i don't know i had too much wine this morning i guess 
still drunk from last night. Look at you. Um, sympathize with the fact that people ultimately they they want to they want to feel like they know something. This is why. And but the problem is they armchair expert when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And a perfect mm-hmm. example of that is our our friend Salem Straub. He just got a hold of this sweet rolling mill and he's been rocking it and rolling it and rolling out material. And um, in one of his videos that he posted, he I don't know how many comments he got, but he got so many people saying, oh, you should do it like this. Or you should do it like that. And all he said at the bottom of everything was, wow, I didn't realize there were so many rolling mill experts on Instagram. And it's just like, yeah, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you know, you've never used the machine, but you somehow have the smartest or the bright idea um, of how to. Yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating, but it happens, and there's no way around it. Like it's always going to happen. That's the problem. Imagine being a woman and getting that. You are a woman. <laughs> Ninety oh, times worse. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, I, I I I think that when you look at what these things are, usually I try to really look at what it comes down to because I've seen the whole thing. Like somebody wrote to me, like if you use the if you stop using those short handled hammers, if you use the real long hammer, you really get the. These people, they. People just want to be involved and they want to be able to uh, be heard. I'll tell you a funny thing that happened to me. A friend of mine, I was had a hammer and I had, I don't know if it was the last time, the time before, might have been the two, second time. I had all the guys for you. You were there, Murat. You were for both of them. There was, we were fixing, I think you came late. It was for the first one and I was moving our tire hammer around. The guys were helping me change something on the tire hammer. I had a friend mm. come who was not a blacksmith. There's not a nothing to do, no doesn't work with his hands at all. And he just he just felt the need to be a tour director. And the guys, oh, you Jesus. know, Rick Barter <laughs> and Jesse and and Cliff and 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 John Ariani, they're all moving this thing. And these guys are fucking smart guys. And he just he points over there and he's like, "No, no, you should do it like this." And he's wearing a Izod shirt and 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 these guys could these guys come and say, who the fuck is that guy? And I had to take him aside. I'm like, this is not the place. Is it he do, He's doing it in real life. He was just about to get, I mean, it was like, who the fuck is that guy? Hey, Jeff, who the fuck is that guy? I'm like, well, he's not going to be here for long. And I had to say to him, like, yo, this is, if you want to watch, go ahead and watch. But you don't fucking say a word. You are, you be an investment banker and shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> but people, that's, they, they need the, this feeling of, they need this feeling of being able to, it's being heard. It's always being heard, and somebody say, you know, and somebody says, you know what, you were right. Thanks to you, I'm now doing things right. They want the credit for changing the way you've done something. That's where that whole expression, you know, what you should do, comes from. Mm. People suck. <laughs> I mean, it's annoying. It's super annoying. It's super annoying. I had a guy telling me I should clean my oven out. You know, it's like, what well, can you, you know, just just watch and shut the fuck up. I mean. I, I don't know. I don't, I never understood. I never understood this need. And, you know, I'll say it for the millionth time owner, uh, Kaglar dies in every film. He just, he lights them all up every single one. He's got the perfect bit. All he does, he does these videos and then people say some stupid shit and he's just like, thank you. And he posts it. And then he's got, he's got, a, he's got a never ending supply of content because he just laces everybody who, who says anything and then he uses it it's like he's he's just one of the smartest guys around because he's got built-in content <laughs> mm, 
Yeah, I think everybody's always going to have that that those people on their feed, you know, who want to tell you what they do. and it, you know, it sort of makes you said it, it, they want to sort of join the conversation, but they just want to be noticed as well. I think you know, you just think, oh, man, and it happens with cooks too. I have chef friends yeah. who, when they're posting all their videos, they'll write, "All right, I don't want to hear anything from you," and then they all, and then they'll write down all the you know pastry chefs that are saying some shit about their quenelles. You know, it's just like leaving me alone. Do your own yeah. shit. <laughs> okay, moving on. Alec Lonely um, says, I got a question. I have a customer who wants a knife for cutting lemons. Will a 15N20 knife be able to withstand the acidic lemons or will it rust too quickly? Fucking Mr. Lemonade. Mm. What are you, all you going to do lemons all the time? <laughs> he wants a big lemonade <laughs> that's store. A, that's, maybe, maybe a bar knife. That's the most positive yeah. 2020 decision of all time. I'm going to get all these lemons. I'm going to cut them all. <laughs> and if life gives me lemons, I'm going to make Fuck lemonade. Yeah. yeah. Make limoncello. Oh, um, yeah. Look at you. Propped up. Go ahead. <laughs> I would use stainless uh, steel. Did you have them yeah, stainless exactly. steel? Don't, yeah. I mean, you know, like. The, <laughs> the nickel content helps in 15 and 20. It will help, um, especially versus something that didn't have the nickel content. But stainless is definitely the way to go. It's if you're, especially for somebody who's cutting lemons all the time. I don't make oyster knives out of carbon steel because I just don't want to hear about it later. You know, oh, I, Jesus. some yeah, certain water. certain things are just not meant for certain things. <clears throat> I know it's nice to be able to do it, but I mean, and you can say, well, I don't know how to heat treat stainless steel. Well, you can go send a knife out to a place to heat treat it and temper it. It's very inexpensive. You know, if you don't have an, yeah. if you don't have an oven and you can't do it yourself, you don't have the foil, you don't know how to do it. Go, there's plenty of dudes who'll do it for you for nothing. I bet you could even. Get a friend of yours who's got an oven to do it for you. Don't call me. So much your friend. <laughs> There's your love. But yeah, that that's the simple answer. Use the stainless yeah. steel. There you go. Yeah. I am so punchy, dude. <laughs> I am so fucking punchy. I apologize. It is. I am super unnecessary. I said fuck you to one guy, and I said I'm not your friend to another guy. I don't know what I'm expecting here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. This next one is from uh, Yazel. Matt, I'm sorry. No, it like, says I at the bottom. This guy. He says at the bottom. Go ahead, oh, read the whole thing. He'll fuck his name up now and then fix Hazel. it at the end. Yazel. Yazel Knives. <laughs> yeah, call him Yazel no, Knives. No, do like Yazel yeah. in the beginning and then fix it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is from my buddy, Matt Yazel Knives. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Hey there, hot stuffs. I'm sitting here holding a chef's knife that I just finished up, and I'm feeling pretty proud of it. Then I started wondering what my work would look like in one, two, or even five years from now. My question is, how often do you look back and reflect about your previous slash early work, and how do you feel about it compared to your current stuff? Thanks for the good times, you guys. Matt Yazel rhymes with Hazel. Oh, whoops. Yeah, good Yazel. job. You had a chance to fix it right there, and you didn't <laughs> fix it. I've got a whole drawer of stuff, um, you know, past work that I used to, you look at it, you just think, Jesus Christ, that's terrible. Um, and, you know, I come from, a, you know, a background, I've talked about this in the past, where I've done a lot of software, that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're not happy with something you've done, you can always push an update to it and, you know, you can be quite happy. But I know for a fact that there's dozens and dozens of people out there who are using knives of mine that I'd made years ago that, if I saw now, I wouldn't be too happy with, you know, um, you know, they, they were happy with them at the time and I was happy at the time, but you know, you, you get better at things, um, as you move on. But, um, 
Yeah, it's a difficult one. Knowing, you know, particularly when, you know, I've got friends who have got my knives and I look at them and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, I made that, you know. Um, and, you know, you'd love to make them all a new knife, but um, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, it's difficult. You just got to accept the fact that you're getting better. And that, that's that's a good thing. I agree. No. It's incremental step. I, I look back every knife. I mean, I'm always making these tiny adjustments that I like better and better and better. And it's, I think mm. it's these not natural progressions in order to get better and I, i'm the same way i hate it i i, I sometimes I'll, a friend of mine will post a picture of the knife i made him like four years ago or five years ago and i just hackle i hackle i don't like the way the lighting looks i don't like the i don't like the way that turned out i don't like the way the handle is i don't mm. like there's I, it's just the way it is and I, I like this concept of constantly looking at your work and seeing well how can i make this better and how can I make this better? And then adjusting every single one. And it doesn't have to be these monumental jumps. It can be natural progression towards getting better to where you like it. Sure. I believe that. Yeah, I mean. You, oh, go ahead. Go on, Morocco. Go on. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, I, you know, when I look back and I see or even come across old knives or, or just look at pictures, I'm just, sometimes I cringe actually a little bit because of what I know and do now. And the way I, even a, like the way I approach my handle sculpting is very different from when I first started out on my own. And, um, I wish like, sometimes I look at knives and I'm like, damn it. I, I want to like rip the handle off and put a new one on, or I, I want somebody to like send me their knife back so I can regrind it. So it cuts better or, I mean, or I'm sure it cuts great, but it's just, I don't know, just like Jeff was saying, the incremental improvements and changes you've made over time to, uh, which is part of the natural evolution of your making. Uh, I want everything I do now to be in every single knife I've ever made, but obviously there's no going back and doing all that stuff. But I don't know, I, I have a hard time looking at it myself because it's frustrating because I just want to fix everything. Yeah, it's it's all about just getting better all the time. And you know what, if you want to be a better knife maker, do you know what you need? Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Did a nice job right there. Did a nice job right there. there. Hmm. 15% off at combatabrasives.com. I use them. Reco uses them. Jeff uses them. Most people I know are using combat abrasive belts. So, yeah, take a look. Combatabrasives.com. I think they're selling, like, uh, disinfectant, too. Yeah. They make some disinfectant. They got all sorts of shit. Wow. Okay. Shall we take um, one more question each? Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll I'll take one while you two have a look down the list. Um, this first one is from Paul Charbonneau. Um, hey, cuties. Uh, apparently this approach works, he says. Everything in my shop seems to develop rust immediately. I know I could use WD-40, but then everything is greasy and gross. Uh, someone has mentioned paste wax. Do you have any suggestions or methods to keep rust at bay? So I, I assume he's in a very sort of humid area. Everything's uh, just getting rusty immediately. Um... Uh, yeah, it's not a problem I have to deal with here. We don't really get the humidity. But, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, blades, I use uh, a camellia oil, which is a, a food-safe oil, which I'll, I'll put on blades whether I'm sort of halfway through a process and I'm not going to go back to it for a little bit. I'll also stick a little film of oil on. Um, or also when I ship a blade as well, I'll also put some camellia oil on. Um, 
yeah, it's food safe. Um, it's pretty cheap. Um, with regards to, uh, well, that's it really. Um, I don't really use WD forty for for much. Um, yeah, Camellia oil is the what is the one for me. What about you guys? Do you get um, rust problems in your shop? I hate it when there's a season change or a humidity change, and I can see it on my actually when I have my bay doors open, I can see the concrete and my floor start to get damp. And then also uh, my anvils start to get a little bit of uh, rust. So I do use um, WD 40 and give everything a little bit of a spritz uh, just to kind of try to prevent too much rust from holding. Um, I hate that. And then mm. I throw, and then any carbon steel knives, like I got three that I haven't really been working on every week or so. I'll just take a look and make, and I'll just, if they're not going anywhere, I'll just give them a douse with camellia oil and just make mm. shit, you know, because yeah. that shit comes on fast. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of people using paste wax actually, and it does a pretty good job. I mean, I, what is it on um, blacksmith projects? I mean, that's a pretty standard thing. Um, to finish a blacksmithing project with, right, Jeff, is some heat from the torch and, and some paste wax. To a certain degree, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, obviously, depending on the project. But, um, you know, I've uh, you were just mentioning you put Camilla oil. If I have a knife that's going to be laying around the shop for a while, I actually hit it with Johnson, just like Johnson's paste wax. Uh, just, you know, smear it on with a paper towel and... and let it do its thing that way you know i know it's not just sitting around collecting rust um so yeah okay That's <laughs> simple the simple one yes. um yes the answer is yes jeff what have you got, have you got another uh, question? yes this one comes from tony b4rca any tips or experience with addiction quarantine has me drinking a lot of caffeine and smoking close friends are turning to alcohol help you guys have this oh, problem? Huh? Uh, no, I don't think I'm the right no. person to add. Uh... Yeah, yeah, and Mareko's still drunk, so. <laughs> 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 My glass of wine last night was the first glass of wine I think I've had in like three or four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. My wife is doing this this crazy uh, like fitness regime at the moment. Uh, there's a there's this guy. He's been in the UK. He's been called the, the nation's fitness instructor because every morning at nine AM he does this live online thing um, for kids, like a PE thing. But he's got this whole adult thing going on as well, where you can sign up for his classes and they give you the diet for like thirty days and, and all and all that. And um, she's doing that, and there's there's no alcohol involved with that. And I just think I'm drinking less just because she's doing it because it, it's just, it used to be just a habit, you know. We'd be making dinner and we'd we'd you know pop some wine or whatever because she's not doing it. I, I'm drinking far less as well, and I, and I'm eating better as well just because uh, she she's not cooking for me. So um, yeah, I've got not not you know how to deal with a dick. I wouldn't have a clue. I don't don't speak to us about you know proper things. We don't. <laughs> we can't talk about it. We can talk about it, but don't listen to our advice. Jesus. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I used to drink a lot uh, during quarantine just because it seemed like this comforting thing that, you know, I had no control of everything else, but I had this ability to have a little bit more of a pop in the evenings and it made me feel better. And then now that we're trying to get our lives back together, I'm backing off of all that and making um more healthy changes and especially the way we eat. We're eating much better now too, trying to get back to it. I think that addiction is a serious, serious issue. I think that um, I try to, I've never, the only thing I ever had to quit was smoking cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes and that was the hardest thing I've ever had to quit. And it came down to me just being like, it's enough, enough is enough. And it's like, you have to, 
honestly, honestly. And Craig is right. This isn't really a question for us, but it, it gets to the point where we're truly wanting to do something, even making something or truly wanting to get a certain direction. It has to come from a very sincere place of wanting. And I think that when you come to the conclusion that I had to do with cigarettes was I had to say, I refuse to die from this stupid habit because I'm a, I'm a slave to these cigarettes. It, I found it to be obnoxious. And I got to the point where I was able to quit just by being so angry at myself for being such a slave to this stupid thing. That's mm. really my opinion. Mm. I think it comes from a place of want. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm, you know, I haven't really, I'm, I've been fortunate to not have to struggle with any kind of addiction of, of that sort. But, uh, you know, I, I have had friends who have battled with it a lot. And I, I've, I have a few that have found a lot of great success by finding kind of like a communal support through 12 step pro, pro programs like AA and the, and the like. So, uh, you know, there are resources out there. It, it you know, I don't know if I would be able to, I don't know if I have kind of like that mental fortitude, like Jeff was saying to just say, you know, if, if I was in that position to say, I could just stop, I would, I would have to find, especially if it was alcohol or, or something more, uh, I, I would have to find, uh, help. Well, Tony wants to, I, Tony doesn't need AA for, Tony doesn't need AA for coffee drinking. Well, he said in the beginning he's all he's, he's all he's all hopped up on he's all hopped up on caffeine. He's all bouncing through the windows. He's drinking he's drinking that Fader Knives EDC from Peekskill Coffee House. He's bopping through the bopping through his life. Oh, I thought he said something about his friends having. Well, it's friends. It's friends are turning now, like Carl. But he, he's he's yeah. you know he's okay. like, he's sucking down the lattes like it's his job. <sighs> oh, I've been the loo nonstop. <laughs> right then um uh, Mareko, did you have a final question Fucking <laughs> uh, uh let's do this uh matt Mal- malico sorry matt if i screwed that up he says hey dude uh helping help a new guy out with kitchen knife handle finishing uh, what do you guys do stabilizing only uh not stabilized in uh, in oil or wax help. Um, so my initial, uh, off the top of my head, you know, you you can actually, as as long as you have uh, a well-sourced piece of stabilized wood, um, you can get a really, really nice finish on it. Um, uh, so one of the things I have started doing though, after finishing on the machine, I'll, I'll handle sculpt up to like 400 grit. And then, uh, by hand, I'll just follow those scratches with either 800 or thousand grit sandpaper, uh, in Dasa, uh, 800 or thousand grit. And I just kind of, I, cause the machine, the, the scratch lines are going perpendicular to the line of the handle. So by hand, I, I take those and I kind of reorient those scratch lines so they're going the length of the handle um and then from there you can you can get a really nice high polish by following that with either like a a wax like i've been using axe wax um which is a a guy in ashland oregon who makes this awesome wax uh you can also i've also used tongue oil uh just put a couple light coats on there uh, just by following the the simple directions on the on the can and it gets it creates a really nice finish so that's what I would suggest. And then you got us into that whole classic flag wax. Yeah, the flag wax is also really great stuff too. I just got two cans of it. I just got two cans of it in the mail as it ran out. Nice. I love that stuff. 
Mm. Yeah. I mean, with I'm with you. Go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I'm just sorry. saying. Generally, I I try to stabilize any sort of wood that I'll be using. Um, there has been times when it's been like a really hard wood, and and I know stabilizing won't do anything, but I've put it in the stabilizer. Um, and what what I tend to do is I don't put the like the cactus juice or whatever you're using for stabilizer. I don't put that in the main chamber. I put another chamber inside, so I can always take that out and put other stuff in. And particularly if I'm using dyes, that kind of stuff as well. Um, but what I did, I filled up a container with, with tongue oil and I put um, a wood mm. in there and just let the, the let the oil penetrate. Um, so you're not going to bake sure. it afterwards to, you know, to, to make it go hard as if you were doing your stabilizing. But I just do that just to penetrate it with oil. Um, and if you if you weigh the wood beforehand and weigh the wood afterhand afterwards, you know it's taken on a lot of oil. So and you know with the tongue oil as well, it'll polish up nicely. Um, so yeah, so yeah. if you don't necessarily have access to like stabilizing fluids, um, it's certainly not as good. Um, but it will help you get sort of a deep penetration of oil as well by but using does that, you it know, get a vacuum. Like oily? Does it like leach out oil? Or? Um, it it will for a while, yeah. But you just let it dry, like air dry. Um, oh. And then you yeah. know you just got a good sort of, you know, hmm. oil penetration on 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 the uh, on the scale. Oh, yeah, and Morocco did just sort of mention he uses Indasa as well. Um, so Indasa make the the world's best sandpaper, which is which is Rhino Wet, which is what we all use to finish our our handles. Um, Rhino Wet is great stuff. It's sandpaper comes in sheets. You buy like a book of the sheets, which is which is just really really handy. Um, any sort of grit that you want, right up to like ultra ultra like two and a half thousand grit stuff they do. Um, so Rhinoet is the stuff to use for any sort of hand sanding. It saves money, saves time. It's the stuff to use. Um, but you can get it from Texas Farrier Supply. Um, and TexasFarrierSupply.com, they've got lots of other stuff as well, not just Rhinoet. So go take a look. I know Jeff uses it for certain dyes and stuff he uses for epoxy. They've got, they got lots of stuff. Go take a look. TexasFarrierSupply.com. And if you use Knife Talk, is it? Knife Talk 10? 10. Knife Talk 10 is a promo code. You're going to get 10% off your order, and that does include Rhino Wet. So go take a look. Uh, TexasFarrisupply.com. There you go. Okay, shall we jump straight into our dreams for the week? Where would we like to be this time next week? Mm. I like this, but it sort of holds us accountable a little bit, you know? But uh, we yeah. never go back to see if we did these things. But uh, yeah, it's nice to just sort of set. It's <laughs> nice to just you know put a flag in the sand and say this is what I want to be doing this week. This is what I want to achieve. So let's start with Jeff. What what's uh, what's on the list for this week to achieve? Uh, the the knife that was stolen from my customer should be finished, and I want it shipped off. I said to him, I'm like, I'm gonna make you this thing, but you're gonna give me a new address with somebody who's gonna physically have it in their mm. hand. I'm looking forward to them receiving it. That will be my dream. My other dream is that we create a degree of peace and harmony and peace and love and peace and love and understanding for a beautiful world. Nice. That's my dream. Motherfucker. Very nice. Please. Please, goddamn it. <laughs> Please, goddamn it. What's the dream, Morocco? The dream. Uh, well, I dream that I get the rest of my stuff moved to, to my shop and everything <laughs> goes back into place nice and smoothly. I do have a, uh, what is it? I got a, a stainless steel uh, knife that I have to forge 
forging stainless is very, very tricky. So I'll need everybody to cross their fingers and toes for me. Um, and so as long as that goes smoothly and, and I don't ruin, you know, $500 worth of material in two seconds, uh, I'll be happy. Nice. Yikes. Yeah. And oh, go for it. <laughs> go for it. I like, I like you pull that harpist out. Pull it out. You're not done. Uh, a quick note for you, Jeff. Actually, I just learned about um, registered mail. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I should have known about this before. Uh, but when I, I was shipping out that knife uh, earlier this week or just a few days ago, um, the guy that was helping me because of the, you know, I insured it for $3,000 and he's like, oh, you know, you'll have, somebody will have to be there to sign it uh, because of the value. And right. then he suggested that I use uh, registered mail and um, registered mail apparently is under, like literally under lock and key the whole way and has to be signed and handed to the actual person it's addressed to. Otherwise they have to go to the post office and pick it up. Right. Um, but that way, stuff isn't lost as easily and so this i think was that's the first something time I might start this using. is the first time that has ever right happened. and we're taking we're taking accounting of of, of that and you know figure something sure out. i'll definitely look into it yeah no did I, you I registered think... mail with priority i i don't know i mean yeah i don't know i i I, the reason I'm looking into it is because uh, the the cost. So the amount of insurance that I'm putting on my knives, um, one through a priority, there's a limit of like five thousand um, dollars, and then, but so, uh, I totally lost my train. Oh, the the so the 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 cost of the extra insurance. Uh, I guess it's basically the same doing registered mail, but it's it's I, a little bit more secure right. in a way because because it's literally under lock and key the whole way to the person. So, uh, in in the in the insurance, they the guy said it covers up to like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So, um, yeah, well, something I'm gonna look into much. for sure. Thank yeah. You very much. <laughs> My dream for the week. Um, I, I cast some scale handles. I've been I've been toying with this um, using sheep's wool. Um, we've got some sheep, so we're using the sheep's wool as um, in a resin as a handle. <clears throat> um, and it's, it's worked out really well. They're they're really they're really hard and tough, and they don't bend. And you know, it works like a fiberglass, basically the wool. Hmm. Um, but I couldn't quite get the color right because. Um, yeah, it just wasn't right for lots of different reasons. So you got you got to clean the wool first because it's full of this lanolin stuff, which is like greasy and and the colours change and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I've done I've done quite a few experiments this week, um, and I've got stuff in clamps, which I think um, by the end of today they'll be ready to take out of the, of the moulds. So I'm hoping they're going to be good. Um, I'm hoping that's sort of dialed in now and um, and they'll be usable. So I'll be using them for a, a bunch of knives coming up for a batch um, coming up soon. So I'm hoping they're going to be good. Um, outside of sort of work-wise, um, we've got a builder coming in, and we're we're finally, ah, uh, finally, um, our main sort of hallway to the house. The 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 floors have just been they're like almost like spongy. You work on them, you walk on them, and you're just expecting to fall through to the to the basement. Um, but yeah, he's laying down all right. all new floors, making those tiled and stuff. So I'm hoping we're gonna have a we're gonna have a workable hallway by the end of the week too. So yeah, um, big week and. And, and oh yes, there's that other small thing. Yes, yes. So the launch of the Makery Network, it is today. 
<laughs> big fanfare. Um, that I'm hoping people enjoy it, and I hope if people enjoy the shows. As I said we've got seven uh, new shows, all available today, all seven shows available today, and going forward, each show will have its own day for release. Um, I'm hoping people enjoy them. Um, if you take a look at the website, um, makery.network, you'll see that um, for every episode, there's a discussion area. So I'm actually getting rid of... This is something actually I needed to talk about at the top of the show. We have always had the the Knife Talk Forum. um, And for for a little while, it was was like a paid subscription thing. But then, you know, I made it completely free. Um, But just this week, I've started having PayPal notifications that some people, they'd set up like almost like a a recurring payment on PayPal. So I've refunded all these people. And if if you're one of these people who have one of these recurring payments, please, please go into PayPal and stop it because um, it's taking money out of your account and it just stops me having to refund you and all the rest of it. So, So please do that because it's completely free to use. Um, but also the actual forum is, is disappearing today anyway, that the old Knife Talk website is is gone. Kaput. But all the old episodes are up on makery.network. Um, as well as this sort of taking part, taking away the forum, each episode now has its own discussion. So if you know if we've answered a question, you've got a better idea, stick it up on the discussion for that for that oh, episode. God. I'm not saying oh, that we're going to respond, but it may be of use to other people. So it sort of adds to the show notes if you like. Um, and this oh, is for every show in the network. So every show has their own discussions. Um, yeah. Do do as oh. you please with it. Um, they're not going to be. Don't do as you please with it. They're not going to be policed in any way. Oh, for fuck's sake! This is news to me. But this is basically these are these are the show notes for the episode. But you guys can contribute. So, you know, we as I say, we may have answered a question. You may have a better answer, or you may know of a supplier for something. Or it, you can you can stick it up in the discussions. Go go mad. We're we're not getting involved. It's 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 for the listeners. Oh boy. So and, yeah. And sorry, I'm sorry. Go follow all the shows have <clears throat> have an Instagram. Follow them, be supportive of them, and then interact with them. Yes, yes. So, so on the on the website makery.network, you'll be able to see there's a list of all the hosts for each of the shows. Um and it's got all their the socials and so on. So go go follow them um and, and listen to the shows and just let us know what you think. Um Makery Network on Instagram. Let me know what you think because um this is a this is a brand new thing. I say seven new shows. Um it's you know it's going to evolve. We're going to get more shows on the network too, and I'm sure all of the shows will evolve as well. Uh, for some people, this is their their first podcasts. Um, being very sort of selective of who sort of joined the network, and I think we've got a really good um, bunch of people to to launch with. So yeah, go take a, a look at the shows on Makery Network, and um, any feedback is uh, greatly received at uh, Makery Network on Instagram. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing the Full Blast podcast to be on this platform. Thank you very much. No worries at all. No worries at all. (laughs) So go follow the Full Blast podcast and give us a little bit of love. There we go. There we go. I think that's a show. I think that's a show. Um, Do we want to do any beefs? Either of you got beefs? I wouldn't mind doing a community showcase. A community showcase. Okay. Here we go. Community showcase. (laughs) Keeping this guy, Sorry. keeping this guy in work. Community this, showcase. <laughs> that guy is the best. This is where <laughs> we kind of give a little bit of love to some people in in, in the community, the maker community, whatever. And I only say this because I've been wanting to talk about this guy for a few weeks now. Um, well, let's start with Craig. Craig, 
Who do you have for community shout outs? Um, I don't have one to. I've been so busy that I haven't been uh, like noticing other people's work, to be honest oh. with you. So I don't have one, I'm okay. afraid. My bad. <laughs> you just took it off the thing, too. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> just took it off the notes as you said it, yes. Yeah. Mareko, do you have anyone that you'd like to talk about? I do. His name's Kyle Nelson of uh, Flying Shark Knives. He is a knife maker, um, but I'm just looking at his profile. He says on his profile, helicopter pilot by day, knife stylist by night. Nice. So what he does is he makes these composite handle scales. So you, I think last week we actually had a question about how to do all the composites and glue them up and everything like that. This guy builds them himself and uh they're super tough like he's i I don't know where his video is but he did a a few destruction tests to show people how strong and tough they are and it's amazing the amount of force that is required uh to break these glue joints uh he does a lot of really cool combinations he also can do custom combinations of different spacer and handle materials and uh he does you know i'm looking at dyed uh you know, dyed burl and a mammoth tooth and G10 and all kinds of different stuff in here. So go check him out. Flying Shark Knives. Uh, give him a follow. Go check out what, uh, yeah, what he has available when it comes available. It's good stuff. Cool. I'm just looking at his stuff now. It's really nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to give a little bit of a shout out to a guy who, uh, his name is Timothy Dot Dick. D-Y-C-K. He's a blacksmith up in Canada, and the reason why he's he's a YouTuber too, he's a fascinating guy because he does a lot of things in repetition. Uh, he just posted this incredible video, um, thanks to Derek Melton. Derek Melton was uh, let, uh, let me know about him. He made this gi- the world's largest piece of chainmail, and all the chainmail loops were made out of one inch uh, steel that he just like. I mean, it was an incredible video, but it was an incredible video because not only is he an incredible blacksmith and very innovative, but he shows people, a lot of people say, I don't like to do uh, batches because it's not fun or whatever. He did this huge project. It took him like three weeks with another guy. And it's every step you're doing it like a hundred, 200, 300 times. And it's all about the the process. And then there's some of the greater good. And I really think that he's a uh, exceptional um, blacksmith, a good dude, and he does great videos. So Timothy Dot Dick D Y C K, definitely check it out. Nice. Okay, that is definitely a show. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, again, t- please take a look at Makery.network. We've got seven new shows available today, not just this show. So go take a look, and we shall speak to you again next week. Shit, wrong one. <laughs> perfect ending if you like this show take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.